Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 8th of May 2011, entitled Conquering Our Fears. And the Bible reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 to chapter 41 verse 13. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. All right, I invite you to stand with us to honor the reading of God's holy word this morning beginning in Isaiah, we're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, and read through chapter 41, verse 13. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, familiar and great verse, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Keep silence before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him rule over kings? He gave them as the dust to his sword, and has driven stubble to his bow. He pursued them and passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. The isles saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid, drew near and came. They helped every one his neighbor, and every one said to his brother, Be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, He that, that smootheth with the hammer, him that smote the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. But thou, Israel, art my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Verse 10 says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing, and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Father, we thank you again today for this wonderful time and privilege that we have to be together here in your house, thanking you, Lord, for your word that we have before us, thanking you, Lord, for your spirit that dwells within us, now, Father, as we look into your word over these next hours, we pray that you would be with us. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would speak to our hearts as only you can, that through the power of your Spirit, these words would be made alive. Lord, you know the hearts of each one. You knew each individual that would be here this day when you laid this passage and this message upon our hearts. And so we pray that that work would be accomplished in each one that only you can accomplish, and we'll give you all the praise and thanks and glory for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Our simple thought this morning is conquering our fears. You know, that's one of the things that, especially for a lad, that you're taught right from a young age. You're not supposed to be afraid of anything. And even if you are, you never admit it to anybody. You got to be tough. You got to stand up and be a man. I wonder if I ask you that simple question this morning. What do you fear in life? Or maybe even narrowing it down a bit more, what do you fear most in life? What 
are you most afraid of? I mean, for some people, it's pretty basic things like snakes, spiders, these creepy crawling things that bite and do harm. For others, it's those day-to-day things like poverty, bad health, death, you know, losing someone that we really care about. Old age even begins to frighten some people at some points in life. Criticism of others, what they think about us and what they say about us, rejection of others, failure in something that we're trying to accomplish. You see, the reality is, is that everybody has some fears. Everybody has to deal with their own fears. Of course, there are still those that sometimes like to pretend that they're afraid of nothing, just like most of those little boys. But the simple truth is, fears are a part of life. Some fears even that because of whatever reasons that we don't want to admit them, they, they lie deep inside us. Uh, sometimes we recognize them and sometimes we know that they're there, but sometimes we don't. Uh, Sometimes we respond in certain ways in our life because of their existence. Sometimes we don't even know why that we're doing the things that we do. We just can't seem to to help ourselves, and there's those those hidden fears. Of course, as we look about us in society, uh, there's a lot of fear about us. Um, And of course, Society as a whole, most individuals as a whole choose not to fear God. Uh, They might be afraid to walk down the street at night. (laughs) Uh, They might be afraid of what could take place, but they're not afraid of facing holy God in judgment one day. You know, I guess that as time moves on, It seems that in society as a whole that the fears grow. Why is that? Why does it become more fearful? I mean, you know, you can look back in time. The simple truth is, is that there's probably not been a time that you can look at in history that you can't find a reason for something to be afraid of. As a matter of fact, in a lot of ways, we could say, you know, that as a whole, we like to consider ourselves as being more civilized, less barbaric than a lot of those that have gone before us. And yet, in the little things, I remember talking about the fear at one point, and I shared that I I can remember as a teenager back in, in, in North Carolina, I can remember that, boy, when it got into those hot, hot, sticky summers, Sometimes it was so hard to, uh, to go to sleep at night. And I used to find it many times very comforting and very relaxing, much easier to sleep to just go outside and sleep on the, literally on the front porch in a hammock or a lounge chair or something there. Never ever dreamed of anything happening. There was absolutely no, no fear of somebody coming and getting me or doing something during the night. And yet, you know, I'm older and more mature to say the least now, but I'm, I have to be pretty hard-pressed to say that I would go and sleep out in front of my house in a lounge chair intentionally just because I wanted to nowadays. Not because that the fears in themselves are probably any more dangerous, but because there's more people, because sin is more prevalent. You see, if we listen to what the Lord tells us here, the message that God is saying to us is that as His children, as the ones that He has chosen to be His servants, that we need not fear. Fears are something that, though they are present with us because of the flesh and because of of sin and all of these things, the truth is, as a child of God, We have a means of conquering those fears, of overcoming those fears, of not allowing those fears to destroy us or our 
effectiveness. There's a lot of things we could look at, but we only have so much time, and I want us to really just focus upon the thoughts there of verse 10. Fear thou not. He said, for I am with thee. You don't have to be afraid because wherever you are, whatever you're facing, whatever you think might be coming, I am right there with you, he says. You're not alone in it. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Not only are we not alone, but we have the God of the universe with us, the God of all power, the God of all authority. He's the one that's right there with us wherever we are, whatever we're going through. And he says, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You see, how do we deal with fear? How can we handle it? How can we conquer it? Well, I want us to just look at a couple of things this morning. First of all, we need to understand the cause of fear, the cause of fear. And you see, again, every one of us this morning, whether we admit it or don't admit it or whether we speak of it to others or not, there's not an individual here that doesn't have some fear of something that's within them. And we know one of the beautiful verses in the Bible says that it's perfect love casteth out fear. Perfect love. The one that we're reading about here, that one that is with us, that one that is promised to be with us and to be our strength, to be our support. Perfect love can only be found in him. You see, look back with me, first of all, into Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And notice what it says there in verse 9 and 10. It says, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Why? Because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, first sin, then guilt. Adam had sinned. He had sinned against God. And as a result of that sin, we find him here in the garden afraid and hiding from the very one that had just given him everything. You know, if you look up fear in your Bible concordance, you'll find that it's mentioned hundreds of times in Scripture. There is absolutely no way to avoid it, and God has much to say about it. Some of our fears are fears of being hurt, our fears of losing things. Sometimes our fears, as with Adam here, are facing things. <laughs> We don't want to have to face certain things in our lives, and we, we try to, to run away from it. But, of course, some fears are good. The Bible speaks also of a, of a reverential fear. We know that even with our own children, we try to teach them to be afraid of, of some things. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, Notice what it tells us in verse 12 of that chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Notice it says, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. All fear isn't bad. All types of fear aren't bad. We don't fear the God in the fear of ever having to worry that God is going to somehow just, just lose it and get fed up with us and, and, and knock us for a loop. It is a reverential fear. You know, the simple truth is if you drive a car, 
you probably will fear a policeman to a certain degree. Not because he's going to bring you harm, but it's an amazing thing. You can be driving down the road and just going right along with the perfect speed limit, but as soon as you see that police car, guess what? The foot comes off the accelerator usually. You're afraid that you might be doing something that he's going to get you for. The truth is that we're not afraid of him because he's going to hurt We're afraid of him because of the authority that he might have and bring the consequences of something that we've done wrong. That's not bad. Not only this reverential fear, but protective fear. Uh, you know, it's a good thing to be afraid to step off a ladder when you're 40 feet in the air. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's not a good thing to do. And the consequences are not going to be good. And so it's natural. I mean, you know, I can, I can still remember some of the early days here when we were climbing up to the ceiling that was the ceiling way above this one on that old wooden ladder that when you got to the top and looked down, it went like this. I had a certain fear when I was at the top of that thing working because I knew that doing something foolish could bring deathly consequences. We shouldn't be afraid. We should, by the same time, have certain fears in our life, reverential fear, uh, protective fear. It's good to know when you're driving an automobile down the road that there's certain things that you should be afraid to do, like cut across the path of an oncoming car or drive over the edge of some, you know, uh, some ravine somewhere or something. There's certain things that it's good to be afraid to do. What's the cause of fear? Well, some fears are learned. You know, I hope you haven't done it. But you know, like moms and dads telling their little children, make sure that you're good. The boogeyman will get you during the night type thing. And suddenly the, the child is afraid to lay in their bed in the dark at night because the, the boogeyman might come and get them. We find that uh, sometimes we used to have this thing. I don't know if any of you are guilty of it, but sometimes we would do something wrong and mom would get so upset with us. You just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> that was a learned fear. <laughs> we learned that when we'd messed up and we did something wrong, not because that, uh, that uh, we feared for our lives or anything, but we knew there were consequences and we hated to hear those words. Uh, but many of those learned fears turn into phobias, people afraid of the dark, people afraid of the night. I'm saying fears can be learned from a very young age. Uh, fears can be learned by what others say to you and the consequences of some of those things. Some fears come from ignorance. Um, you know, one of the things that they uh, first taught us in sales and marketing and things like that was that... Uh, you know, everybody's ignorant, everybody's retarded in some sense, in some area of their life. Uh, we don't know everything about everything. Uh, and so, therefore, you know that there are some things that we are ignorant of, not knowing the truth about some things or being given wrong information. Uh, so many times today, you don't know what to believe with all of the things, with the food that we're eating and the things that are in the air and all of these things because people says this and then they say something else and then they say something else and sometimes we just don't know what to be afraid of and what not to be afraid of. We find that uh, sometimes the cause of fear, though, is just not knowing the truth, not fully understanding what it is. And so, therefore, we're afraid of something because we don't know enough about it. Well, some fears come from vivid imaginations as well. Uh, you know, you wake up from a, from a dream and, uh, you know, you're sure that, that that glass that you heard breaking or uh, those footsteps in the hall, you're sure that they're real, you know, that as you, as you come out of that sleep or whatever, you're, to your body, your body's reacting as if it's real, just as much as if it were really happening in, in real life. But it's all in the mind. We're afraid of things many times in our imagination. You know, we, we maybe come upon a, a, a car accident, but as we notice that car accident, we see that it's, that it's a car just like somebody that we know, maybe a, a close friend or a, 
or a relative or a husband or a wife or a parent or a child, you know, the, suddenly the imagination goes wild. You're afraid that it's that somebody, not because of any fact, but because you're imagining that it might be. You find that so many times, so many times, matter of fact, I've heard it stated that at least 90% of the things that we fear never come to pass. <laughs> they never happen. We go around imagining that the worst is going to happen. What if we were to just take a quarter of an hour for each of you to think about all the bad things that could happen to you and write them down on a list of paper. I mean, think of everything bad that might be, all the bad things that could happen today, tomorrow, next week. Well, probably probably before we got to the end of the 15 minutes, we'd, we'd be a nervous wreck anyway if we started trying to think of all the things that could happen. But that's exactly where a lot of our fears come from. They're just in our minds. Our imaginations are so, are so powerful, and our imaginations can bring about the same effects as that which is real. But see, many fears that you have, you have a choice. Because just as surely as you can sit there for 15 minutes and think of all the bad, terrible, horrible things that could happen what tomorrow could be like and how bad it could be. If you take time, you could just as surely think of all the wonderful, good, exciting, great things that could happen to you today, that could happen tomorrow. We have a choice. We have a choice of what we think. We have control over our own minds and our imaginations there. Fear can be caused because we, we learn to be afraid of something. It can be caused because of ignorance, of just not knowing enough about something. It can be caused by our imaginations because we think that something is or we think that something is going to happen. May I say to you that many fears are there simply because of doubt. God said, be not afraid. I'm going to be there with you. God said, be not dismayed. I'm your God. I'll be your strength. I'll uphold you. And he tells us that time and time and time again in the Word of God. You see, some people, it's easy to say, I believe the Bible. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. If the Word of God teaches it, I believe it. That settles it. But may I say something to you? It's not really settled. God says it. God teaches it. But until it's applied to your life, it's not really settled. God didn't give you all those truths just to know about them. People can know all about Jesus Christ, all about salvation, all about the gospel. They can know all the terminology and all the words and everything that there is to know about it. And yet I say to you, if individually, personally, you've never humbled yourself and it's never been applied to your life, it will not do you any good. God's done everything for you. But it won't help. It's got to be applied all through our Christian life. You see, God's Word doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's never going to pass away. It's forever settled. But the simple truth is, so many times, the cause of the fear in our life is because we haven't really. We know a lot of those promises, they haven't been applied to our lives. <laughs> we haven't really made them our own. We know about them. But if we truly, truly had the faith and the confidence in them that we ought to, then that fear wouldn't be there. And, of course, some people have fears just because of their own self-image. <laughs> I can't. I can't. 
I can't. It, it just won't work out. Things just never go right for me. Well, I'm not trying to tell you like the world that you got to think of yourself as being something great. But I'm saying when you begin to expect that everything's going to go wrong for you just because that's your luck, then you're allowing fears to control many things in your life because, because you know, it's gone wrong in the past. I've tried it before and it didn't work. I've done this. I've done that. Well, the simple truth is, is notice that he said in that verse, he said, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The truth is, if you're in Christ, it's his righteousness that's been imputed to you. You see, a final thing is guilt. Sometimes you feel like, well, you know, you don't deserve it. There's no way God's going to do that for you. Problem is, you've never forgiven yourself over stuff that you think that somehow God's still beating you up for that God hasn't accepted, that God hasn't forgiven. I'm saying that just like Adam there in the garden, Adam was afraid. Why? Because of guilt. Because of guilt over his sin of what he had done. You see, it comes right back. The simple truth is, in reality, we read about it. We know it. We say we believe it. We stand upon it. But we don't really believe that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all sin, from every sin. We don't really believe that it's the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ that we stand in, not our own we fear so many things in life, and I'm saying we need to recognize the list could go on, but these are things day by day by day. We learn to be afraid. We're afraid of, because of ignorance. We're afraid because of things that we simply imagine that aren't real. We're afraid because of the doubt that we have in God and his promises, because of who we are, because of what we've done because of our past. All those things cause fear in our lives. But we need to recognize something, not only the cause of fear, but the consequences of fear. Fear affects your life. When fear is there, I read somewhere, and I don't know, I'm, I've never checked it out. I can't remember that far back myself, but I read that it's, uh, it's, it's a fact that uh, people are born with only two fears in life. That's falling and loud noises. When we come into this world as a baby, that's the things that we fear. Falling and loud noises. That's the things that brings fear to us. That all of the fears in our lives are learned in some way along the way then. May I say to you, fears can be devastating to your life. It affects your mind. It affects your will. It affects your emotions. It affects your spirit. May I say that fear can touch almost any and every area of your life. And it's especially damaging when many times it's never even been identified. But it's there because of some of these things or others and the consequences are there. Fear can devastate your life in many ways. You realize that it's because of fear that some people turn to drink. Some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to these vices because of fear that many in the world turn to suicide. Because of fear that many times people shut others out and close theirs out and put themselves, just as Adam was hiding in the garden, they hide themselves from those that loved them most. There was nobody that could have loved and cared for Adam more than God the Father that came walking into that garden that day. And yet the very one that loved him most, he was afraid and he ran and he hid from them. You see, fear affects the way you think. It'll 
stifle your capacity to think. It'll stifle your ability to be able to act properly. Why? Because when those things are there, when those fears are there, your mind ought to be thinking on something else. You can't concentrate because those fears keep taking it away. Sometimes we hear the little voices. <laughs> We're trying to do one thing, and that other little voice is trying to say something else in our head. Fear. Fear will cause you to make wrong decisions, to be indecisive, if you would. You're afraid that you're going to make the wrong decision. <laughs> you're afraid that you won't make the right one. Afraid of all the failure, the rejection. People can actually become emotionally enslaved by this thing called fear. Fear will hinder your ability to achieve and be successful. It'll hold you back because not only does it mess up your, your thinking and your thoughts and how you make your choices, but your actions as well. There's no way that you can accomplish as much you're acting when you're scared to death, you're afraid of something, as when you can walk with confidence. Sometimes people on the very, very edge of something great, of something tremendous in their life, because of these fears, they never, ever complete it. They never get there. Fears bring torment. Notice what the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. He says, there is, notice this, no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Why? Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. May I say to you that fear brings torment and it will affect your relationships with others. It will affect the way that you act to others, the way that you react to others. Many times people without even realizing it, they react to somebody in their life that loves them dearly. But the truth is, they're not experiencing that perfect love because they're allowing fear to keep them from it. Afraid that they're, they, they, they might get hurt. Afraid that if they, that they let their guard down, that somehow it's going to go wrong because it's gone wrong before. They've been hurt before. Fear. It brings this emotional torment. It damages your relationship with other people as well as with God. How can you truly? You know, the simple truth is, is that he says, I'm holding your right hand. I'm walking right there with you. How can you honestly, truly be walking hand in hand with someone and that person truly caring for you like nobody else in all of the world, and yet you're afraid. You can't enjoy it because you're afraid. You're, maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid he's going to let go of your hand. <laughs> maybe you're afraid that somebody's going to come and, and, and snatch you away. You're afraid that something's got to go wrong because it always goes wrong. You're fearful, and it damages that relationship. It will. Damage all of your relationships. Perfect love casteth out fear. When that fear is there, it'll affect your love, your relationships with those around you as well as God himself. There's no way. Maybe you wonder why. You know, why is my relationship not what it ought to be here with people? Or why is my relationship with God not what it should be? Why don't I feel that peace and know that nearness, maybe it's because of fear, because it's a consequence of fear that's in your life for something. 
Because I want to promise you this. Fear will take away your joy. It will steal the joy right out of your life. Peace, contentment, happiness. Those things aren't present when fear is present. It is impossible to enjoy life when you're afraid. When there are fears in your life that haven't been conquered. And you see, that's why I want to give you this thought in closing. Because there's causes for fear in your life. All kinds of causes. But there's consequences to those fears that you need to recognize. But I want to say to you today, just as sure as they're there and they're affecting your life, there's also a cure for your fear. You see, if you notice, we haven't been talking about avoiding fear because that's not what God is saying. Things are going to come along. Fear is going to be a part of life, but the important thing, how do we handle it when it comes? You know, when that thought suddenly comes into your mind, well, simple truth is, is that if we don't deal with it, it will deal with us. Now, I wonder, as we've just talked about these things, I wonder, I wonder if any of you this morning have honestly asked yourself the question, well, do I have any fears in my life that are affecting me? Because you see, it's going to affect your life, your happiness, your joy, your peace, all those things, as we've said. It's also going to affect your relationship with the people around you, whatever that might be, whether it's husband and wife, parent and child, uncles and aunts, friends and relatives. It's going to affect those. It's going to affect your relationship with God, so your life. The life around you, your relationship with God, it's all going to be affected by these things. Are there any fears that are affecting my life? Well, at some level, I'm sure that there's fears there that need to be identified. We can't afford fear altogether, but we can deal with it. God didn't make this hard or complex. He didn't give us a list of 49 things that you got to do. When fear comes along, you got to go one, two, three, four, right down through the list until you get to the bottom and then it'll be gone. Now, he gives us some simple principles, though. You see, it's pretty common sense. You want to deal with your fears, you want to handle your fears, you want to conquer your fears. Well, the first thing you can do is acknowledge that you've got fear. Don't be like the little boy. <laughs> This guy said, well, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of anything. Face the fact. Acknowledge the fact. You have fear. You will never, ever, ever, you will never deal with a fear that you won't acknowledge that it's there. Might be something in your life that keeps coming up in different ways, and you have, to, you have to deal with it. It might be something deep down that you learn way, way back when in your life. Remember, many of these fears, they come from all these things that we learn, things that happen around us, things that happen to us. You want to conquer your fear? Well, acknowledge first, we're all afraid of something. We all have fears somewhere. Once you've acknowledged that, the second thing, you need to identify that fear. What is it? What's in my life? Maybe you need to get down and earnestly pray and ask the Lord to, to show you what it is. So many times we just want him to snap his fingers and make life perfect. Sometimes we need to be praying, Lord, show me in my life. Show me the things that I'm doing that's bringing this, that's, that's, that's causing this. People have all kinds of little fears. 
And it is. Things, things are going, you know, maybe they're afraid that their, that their husband or wife is going to die before them. Maybe they're afraid that, you know, that this is going to happen, that that's going to happen, that they're going to lose their job, that something's going to go wrong. People have fears. I'm saying, you want to conquer your fear without it devastating and destroying your life? Then first of all, acknowledge that you've got fears, that you're not a tough guy that can go it alone. You need God to be with you. There are things you're afraid of if you're facing it on your own. Identify your fears. What are the things? Maybe they're deep-rooted within you. What are the things that you're really afraid of? Third thing is focus. You see, in our Scripture text, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He prohibits a couple of things here, and he reminds us of some other things. May I just remind you something? God goes to all the trouble time and again in his word, in his communication to us to let us know that he really does want you to conquer your fears, to be set free from those things that you're afraid of. In Romans chapter 8 and in verse 15, he says, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit of adoption, the Holy Spirit of adoption. As a child of God, you don't have to be in bondage to those fears. God lives in you if you are his child. There's no question about that. Paul, in writing to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, I mean, sorry, verse 7, chapter 1, verse 7, he says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So many times we want to complain, we want to blame God because we got all these problems and all these difficulties and all these challenges and life's not being fair to us and we're so, so, so discouraged and dismayed. God's not given us that spirit of fear. God doesn't want us to be in bondage to that fear. God wants you to be set free. But if, if you're allowing those fears to be in your life, don't blame God for it. And, of course, I made a note that <laughs> there's also a lot of ways not to be rid of your fear. There's an awful lot of erroneous teaching going around. Some would tell you that it's some demon that you just need to have zapped out of you. Well, demons are real. But what they're trying to do is, so many cases, is just blame it on somebody else. Blame it on something else. Don't take responsibility yourself. Truth is, is that as we look here in God's Word, He reminds us of five things. I am with you. I am thy God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. These are God's promises. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. A familiar passage, but in Matthew chapter 14, you'll know the story well. Let me just remind you of these words. Notice what he says Picking up in verse 22, straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. He said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and saith unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. You see, that's what I'm talking about when I say focus. Where's your focus? You can choose what you're going to direct your attention to, what you're going to focus on. You can focus on the bad. You can focus on all these things, those things that could go wrong. You can focus on all those bad consequences and all of those things, or you can focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You can focus upon the promises of God. You have a choice. We find that we're running out of time. John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 We can focus upon the Lord by focusing upon His Word. In the Old Testament, God said, I am with you. We've got an even greater message in the New Testament. (laughs) In these passages we've read, He says, I am in you. (laughs) I am in you. You can't go without me. You see, when that fear begins to come, regardless of what area that it might be coming from, regardless of what might be causing it, regardless of past experience, remember, remember what God said. He said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'm there with you. I'll give you this in closing. You see, if you want to conquer your fear, First of all, acknowledge that you have fear. Secondly, identify what those fears are. Thirdly, focus. Focus upon the promises. Focus upon Jesus Christ. Focus upon the God with whom you can overcome those. And I give you this in closing, faith. Faith. It's easy to talk about. It's easy to, I guess, even talk about the the consequences and what it can do. But you need to exercise your faith. Do you really believe God? Or those promises there, and you say, well, you know, it says that, but, it says that, but. I'm saying acknowledge that you have fear. Identify what your fears are. Choose to focus upon Him, not on the waves and the wind but upon Jesus himself, who he is and what he's promised you. Choose to exercise that faith by responding to that fear on the basis of God's promises. Folks, every day of our life, things will come along that can bring fear into your life, that can take away your joy, your peace, your relationship, your fellowship with the Lord. But remember, God's there that you can conquer your fear. And he's promised that through him that you can conquer them. Father, we thank you so much today as we've looked into these passages. Lord, a simple thought. Lord, I know without any shadow of a doubt. I know, Lord, that Lord, there were other things that we thought we were and could have been speaking on this morning, but There is absolutely no doubt, Lord, that you gave us this thought very clearly. You knew exactly who would be here today. Lord, I pray. I pray that, Lord, that whoever's here today that's struggling with their fear, 
that has fear within their life. Maybe it's even deep-rooted. Maybe they've never even acknowledged that it's there and certainly never identified it, let alone be able to focus, to exercise their faith, to conquer that fear. Lord, I pray. I pray that, Lord, that you would deal with them. There's so many things that could be said, but Lord, these simple truths, they're clear in your word. Your promises are real. Fear will destroy, will devastate, will bring great destruction, but perfect love casteth out that fear. And Lord, I pray for one other thing in closing. Not only for your children that their lives are being affected adversely because of fear, but Lord, for those that might be here that are not saved. Lord, they don't have the promise. They don't have anything to be able to conquer their fear with if they don't have you there with them, if it's not you that's upholding them, if it's not you that's promised to be with them every step of the way. Lord, I pray that you would help them to recognize and real. Lord, if they don't have you, they've got every reason to fear. Society around them and eternity in the future, Lord, they don't have to leave here with that fear because you take that sting right out of death for them. But I pray that you would build up, that you would encourage, that you would use these simple thoughts to be a blessing to someone today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. 